As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. <laughs> hey guys, thirteen days we waited for that shit. Did it feel worth it to you? Because it certainly did to me. I mean. I couldn't wait to, uh, you know, to wait the 13 days between Monday night's loss to Minnesota to the, um, you know, ass raping that we took from the uh, Packers on Sunday night with the whole world watching again, uh, actually. Well, at least this time we wore my favorite bear uniform instead of those goddamn orange jerseys that we wore on Monday uh, against the uh, Vikings. So, um, yeah, let's... uh, Let's go ahead and dive right in. We, we did our bear ups and bear downs uh, already. Hope you guys enjoyed that uh, show, a, a particularly tame uh, version of, um, of my feelings. And, and, and I'm going to express why exactly when we get, uh, we get started here. So let's go ahead and dive in. It's the Week 12 Review episode of the Bear Stalk Underground. So let's get it over with. As we drew closer to this game actually taking place, uh, and and it became more apparent that Mitch was going to be the starter uh, for the game, there was a weird sense of I don't want to say optimism uh, about the game, but it's just like I've been kind of playing in my head with the idea of us actually pulling this thing off you know with the whole uh basically everything happening in reverse uh this year as far as like you know constantly saying like we're living in the upside down world uh in 2020 uh and whatnot that um you know hoping that the the break the benching uh for Mitch was the kick in the ass that he needed uh to kind of you know shake the cobwebs and be the guy that we drafted him to be um, not necessarily saying he had to be better than Mahomes and Watson because that's who he was drafted in front of, but just to be our quarterback, to be the answer. You know, that's the that's what Mitch has not been for the Bears. He has not been the answer uh, to our woes on offense. He's added to them and, you know, exacerbated them uh, at times uh, in his tenure uh, with the team. And, I, you know, I was just kind of playing with the idea that um, he would come out and, and, and maybe play with some kind of reckless abandon, like I talked about in, in the preview episodes, to, to realize that this is his shot. Uh, it's either his shot to stay in Chicago 
or it is his shot to audition for the other 31 teams in the league that may or may not need a quarterback next year. And um, we did not see that uh, on on Sunday night. We did not see it. We, we saw the, the Mitch of old that has his moments, that shows his flashes, but ultimately is uh, equally as uh, bad and or um, destructive, you know, in his own right. Uh, you know, we saw that. We saw, uh, you know, I talked about it in, in the um, Bear Up, Bear Down show yesterday about how the um, it, it just seemed like there was there was an effortlessness to what Mitch was doing. And I don't mean that in a in a sarcastic uh, a way at all by saying that you know he made it look easy to be so bad what I, what I mean is with with Foles Foles is kind of Foles is kind of clunky he's kind of stiff everything seems to be some kind of you know exertion for him you know like he he's not an athlete he's a quarterback you know he he, he only has a skill set to do one particular uh thing whereas Mitch is an athlete in my opinion not so much a quarterback unfortunately um that uh, you know he can he he does run around he can move around in the pocket a little bit better even though he got sacked a couple of times uh, on 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 Sunday uh, and everything it just it just seemed like he was better suited for the spot especially with our difficulties in the offensive line even though O line was better uh, on Sunday night but um, you know it just uh, it was. We, we, we know it, it was everything that I thought it was going to be. And then it just it, it we you know, we kind of had an optimistic start to it uh, with our opening drive, you know, going the way that it went uh, and everything. But it was just like the the dread that the defense was due for a bad game came to fruition. You know, it happened on Sunday night. It was the Packers. Aaron Rodgers got our number. Uh, you know, he just always manages to do this uh, to us. And sure enough, he did on Sunday night, which kind of just amplified our issues uh, on offense because we could not keep up with what the Packers were cranking out uh, on offense. What was worse is that it wasn't like uh, in that game back in 2014 where it was all quick strikes and huge plays and everything. It was the death of a thousand cuts. Uh, with with the Packer offense they were just ramming it down our throats uh, in the running game uh, we sorely missed Akeem Hicks in that one and John Jenkins was absolute shit for the whole football game just getting you know rolled all over the place like he was on uh, roller skates and then not to mention Trevathan and um, Roquan was uh, you know an act in futility throughout the entire football game because it just seemed like you know they saw the run they saw it coming and they had a choice to pick later, you know, either a, a or B to fill the gap and, and make the play, and they picked wrong every single time, or at least that's how it looked anyway, especially when they ran a series of plays from the end zone camera to kind of show you what the Bears were seeing as far as what was coming at them, and it just seemed like Roquan or Trevathan guessed wrong every single time on which gap to attack, and Aaron Jones winning the opposite one, and instead of getting stopped at the line of scrimmage, ran for five or six yards on third and three, or gained nine yards on first and ten, and shit like that. I mean, it was just, you know, it's so embarrassing to sit there and watch. Uh, you know, Buster Screen got exploited all night long. Uh, you know, we, 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 we were, you know, cranking it up on uh, Trevathan with the um, with that tight end, uh, you know, Tanyan or whatever his name was. 
Um, you know, it just it was uh, you know the defense had uh, easily its worst night of the season. Uh, giving up forty points. Well, they gave up thirty four because the the Packers scored a touchdown of their own uh, on defense, but little to no answer whatsoever. The entire I don't think the Packers punted until late into the third quarter. Maybe it was the fourth quarter before they punted for the first time. But uh, either way, they didn't punt at all in the first half, and the only time they didn't score, they were kneeling on the ball in the first half. I mean, it was just it was pathetic, and our offense started out promising. But, uh, you know, it just uh, it got worse uh, from there. Um, we started turning over the football. Uh, it just it, it was a disaster and it was a slow trickle. And the knee jerk reactions aren't going to be, I think, as entertaining as you guys would probably be hoping for. And here's why. You'll hear a, 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 a tinge of optimism in my voice in the first quarter knee jerk reaction because we answered the Packers' opening drive. Six to th- you know, they, they came right down, 14 plays, seven and a half minutes, they score a touchdown. They miss the extra point, so it's 6 nothing. Then we come back, uh, second play from scrimmage, David Montgomery, you know, you'll hear me talk about this all in the knee reaction, but, you know, we, we drove it all the way down. We got into the red zone. Of course, we had to settle for a field goal, and I'll talk about that here in a minute as well. But it was just like, okay, you know, it looks like maybe – Maybe Mitch being there kind of gave us a little juice and and and, and we'll, we'll get after this thing and, and, you know, see if we can figure it out. We only had the ball the one time uh, in the first quarter because the Packers took the next drive for nine plays, finished the drive in the second quarter with another touchdown. But, you know, it just like we only had the one shot with the ball in the first quarter. And for the most part, I liked what I saw. And, um, you know, it, it kind of snowballed from there. So let's go ahead and get started with these knee-jerk reactions. Like I said, the first quarter has a little bit of a tinge of optimism because it wasn't the tits-up disaster that 2014 was. That's what I was expecting, that it was just going to be bad from the jump and Green Bay was going to jump all over us and have a 21-0 lead at the end of the first quarter. And instead, it was a 6-3 to ball game where our offense actually looked like an offense for the first time in several weeks. Knee-jerk reaction, first quarter, Bears-Packers, and it hasn't been good, but not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, I almost uh, crapped my pants when I heard that Akeem Hicks was out for the game. Uh, But then I was uh, rather excited over the prospect of the fact that Rashad Coward is not starting tonight. Um, our, our starting five are, are Leno, Cody Whitehair at guard, Mustafar at the center, Alex Barr is at right guard, and Jermaine Afidi is the tackle. So no Rashad Coward, which means we got a shot on the offensive line. I mean, it's crazy. And But without Akeem Hicks, it seems like the Packers watched the film on the Bears and Vikings because when Akeem Hicks left the game on Monday night, that is when uh, Dalvin Cook got going. And got about two-thirds of his yards after Akeem left the game. And for the first time in a long time, um, we're getting gashed in the running game. Aaron Jones is, uh, has been running the football well. And uh, whenever they need that two yards to get first down, they pound it right down. And, uh, you know, John Jenkins is not uh, doing well as Akeem Hicks' replacement thus far. Uh, the Packers scored on their opening drive. And then the Bears come out with Trubisky under center. Mitch completes a short one to 
Allen Robinson. And then the second play is a run up the middle for Montgomery for 57 yards to get us in the end zone, or the red zone, I should say. And after two drops that should have been caught, one by Komet, out just outside, just at the goal line, and the other one by Robinson in the end zone. We had to settle for a field goal from Santos. That's where we sit now. It's six to three, and the Packers are are finishing up their second drive right now. I think they're back in the red zone uh, on the Bears, threatening to uh, to add to their lead. So we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, the defense can settle down and, and get something going uh, against them, and then hopefully the offense can catch the damn ball because Mitch is one for three in his passes, and neither of those incompletions are his fault. I know it must have sounded odd for me to defend Mitch uh, there at the end, but facts are facts. You know, Mitch was one of three on that opening drive, and both of those incompletions should have been completions. Cole Komet should have hung on to the uh, football. I don't know if he would have scored uh, on the play, but we would have been at like the five-centimeter line or something like that. Uh, you know, right there on the goal line to easily punch it in. Uh, and, you know, Allen Robinson, who's supposed to be an elite number one receiver, demanding elite number one receiver money, can't make elite number one receiver plays this year. I mean, Robinson, great receiver, um, definitely one in the top tier. But is he in the, you know, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, conversation, the Odell Beckham conversation? No. Because those guys go up. I mean, DeAndre. I mean, come on. DeAndre Hopkins won a football game for the Cardinals uh, a week or two ago when three guys were there in the end zone on a hail mary, and he's the one who came down with it. This year in 2020, Allen Robinson has lost that battle almost every time. You know, it was a nice change of pace though for him not to have it ripped out of his hands as an interception or a turnover. Uh, of some kind it was nice to actually see the ball hit the ground for a change but that it was there the throw was there he should have made that catch he has to make that play you know if if for no other reason than to justify the price tag that he's in demand of that he'll probably have to find somewhere else because I don't think the Bears are going to give it to him uh, we could be looking at the final moments of Allen Robinson in a bear uniform those are just facts as well so uh, I think that may be written in the sand for since before the trade deadline. Like it just once contract negotiations stopped, that was the end of it. So, um, but you know, Robinson's got to make that play, and he was going back and forth talking shit with people on Twitter, kind of like you know, oh, you know, I, I like this energy. Keep bringing this energy, like you know, like he we're, we're he was feeding off of our negative comments, and was like, dude, catch the fucking ball. That's you're in the end zone. You have to make that play. Period. I mean, it goes to just what I was saying. One of my keys to the game for the last four or five weeks, maximize playmaking opportunities. The ball was there. You got both hands on the football. Come down with the fucking thing. You have to do it. You have to. You have to make that play. For this team, for this offense that struggles as mightily as it does just to even be in the red zone. You know, I mean, your agent was on Twitter uh, a couple of weeks ago bitching and moaning about how they never go to you in the red zone. Mitch comes back, and it's clearly you're going to be a busy guy because you're Mitch's guy, and he finds you in the end zone. You were, you were there. The play was there to be made. You didn't make the play, period. And we had to settle for a field goal because you dropped the fucking ball. That's it. 
It's it's not uh, you know us being harsh or not knowing what we're talking about because you're playing the game and we're not. Plain and simple, you had a chance to catch the ball. The ball was in your hands. In both hands, you did not come down with it. You did not come down with the contested catch that other receivers that you want to be paid like, they make those plays. You didn't, period. Plain and simple, that's it. They had the opportunity to make the play they did. You had the opportunity to make the play you didn't, period. And and I talked about this in the Bear Up and Bear Down episode where – I know it was early, and it probably wouldn't have changed the outcome of the game much, but we'll never know because the Packers get to walk away with the you know moral victory, if you will, of forcing a field goal. The Bears have the disappointment of not being able to close when we were inside the 10-yard line on first and goal. And, you know, we settle for the field goal. Okay, great. It's a, you know, a a small victory that we we put points on the board on the opening drive, which we hadn't done, by my estimation, since the Giants game. We hadn't taken our opening offensive drive down the field for a touchdown since the Giants game. I think the only other thing that came close was us uh, taking that turnover in the Panther game and turning that into a touchdown on the opening drive. But that wasn't us you know getting the opening kickoff or taking the, the you know the first uh possession punt and then driving that back down the field that was us inside the 20 yard line from the word go actually inside the 10 I think it was like a nine yard drive or something like that um that was the last time we scored on the opening possession of the football game otherwise it's just been you know turnovers or punts or uh, or whatever it certainly hasn't been scores that's for sure so you know you know Robinson was out there you know trying to you know talk shit with the fans on on Twitter he doesn't have a leg to stand on he doesn't so I mean he can lean on the whole you know you don't know what it's like or I'm out there and I have to you know it's 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 easier you know easier said than done it bullshit no it's not you're supposed to be the best that's what the best do the best make that play and you didn't okay that's it Okay, and like I know this is, you know, it's it's not going to put a dent in Allen Robinson from some fat guy sitting in a chair, uh, in, in in my apartment, but those are the facts. The play was there to be made. You had a chance to make it. You didn't. The best in the league make that play, and they make it more times than they don't. They don't make it every time, but they make it most of the time. And this year, for you, you're the guy that loses that battle most of the time. So, and then, like I said before, just to be a sarcastic dickhead, at least you didn't turn it over this time. You know, at least you didn't kick it up into the air for the DB to, to, uh, to intercept it or just literally get it bitched out of your arms and having somebody just Hercule the ball out of your hands because they're stronger than you uh, or something like that. So at least that didn't happen this time. Congratulations for not turning the fucking ball over. Good for you. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, it just – give me a break. You know, how are you going to – you know, go to as like I, I know he's probably frustrated even more so than we are because he's the one that has to live it. He's the one that has to go out there every Sunday and and you know put the work in and for it to basically mean nothing when you come up with a loss uh, every week. We don't know what that part is like. We don't, and um, you know, or what that struggle is like, or how hard it is to do it when you're in the midst of a losing streak and you're not playing well, and that's all that your fan base can talk about and. Uh, and everything like that. We don't know how hard that is. But the fact of the matter is, in that moment, 
you're supposed to be one of the best receivers in the league, the best make that play, and you didn't. So that's that. And then Cole Komet, I don't know what happened there. I mean, granted, both throws were were contested, but he had his hand on the ball and he got it knocked out. Uh, actually, initially they thought it was a catch and fumble, because, or at least that's how they were treating it in the heat of the play. Uh, but then they ruled it incomplete, and the Bears got the shot to have Allen Robinson not make the play uh, in the end zone, uh, and we went forward uh, from there. But we'll never know what impact it would have had for us to have scored, to be able to legitimately answer, and actually, if we make the extra point, we have the lead there uh, at the end uh, of the first drive. Would that have given the Bears' defense a boost? Like, oh, shit. The offense is actually going to play tonight? Okay, well, we we better step it up then. You know, we'll never know because that didn't happen. We went back to the same old shit where we came up short and had to settle for a field goal as opposed to putting the put a touchdown on the board, making things happen for ourselves, and, you know, giving the Packers a football game. So, but it's just like I'm sitting there in, in my buddy's living room and I'm telling him, it's like, you know, telling about my keys to the game and all that kind of stuff, making the play, making opportunities, minimizing the mistakes. We had two mistakes right there. I mean, Allen Robinson did both on the same play, minimizing the mistake and maximizing play, play uh, making opportunities. He managed to fuck up both on the same play. You know, mis- the mistake being dropping the fucking football and, the, you know, maximizing the opportunity not catching the goddamn football. So, you know, he managed to do to cover both of those keys at the same time. And, um, you know, it it was just like, this is the thing that's going to lose us the game. The Packers are going to run down the field and put a touchdown on the board. And if we're going to be able to move the ball like we did on the first drive, then, you know, it's going to be, you know, six to three. Then it's going to be, you know, 13 to six. Then it'll be 20 to nine. You know, that kind of thing. The the, the, the lead will just keep growing. If they're going to score touchdowns and we're going to kick field goals, we don't have a shot at this thing. And um, that was before the second quarter started. And the bottom really fucking fell out. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction in the second quarter. Bears-Packers. And that disaster we were waiting for took place in the second quarter. The Packers rattle off three touchdowns, including a uh, fumble return for a touchdown. So the offense, once again, giving up points uh, to the opponent. Um, the, the offense seems to be okay at moving the ball, but, uh, the, you know, Mitch... Went long for a touchdown to Mooney and, and um, was got picked off in the end zone. Uh, and every time the Packers have had the ball, aside from them kneeling on the ball here at the end of the second quarter, they ended up in the end zone with a touchdown. They had a like two 14-play drives and a nine-play drive, all resulting in touchdowns, taking like eight minutes off the clock each time, and then the offense comes back out. And, you know, Mitch is moving the ball, but – not closing the deal. We settled for the field goal on the opening drive. We gave up an interception on the second one. We finally put one in the end zone just before the half. Mitch finds Robinson on a short touchdown from about two yards out to make it 27-10 to 10 right now. We start with the ball in the second half, but we know how great we are at scoring points in the third quarter, so this thing could just snowball out of control if we're not careful. The defense has been terrible tonight. Uh, Akeem Hicks, we're missing him. It's been ugly. 27 to 10. Yeah, we're, we're off to the races here. When I went back and, and listened to it, I found it odd that I uh, kind of left it out of the knee-jerk reaction that the defensive touchdown that the Packers scored was Mitch fumbling the ball. 
Um, it wasn't out of, um, you know, trying to be nice uh, or anything. Um, it just, it didn't seem important at the time. It just, you know, I, I thought the, the, the story was that our defense gave up two more long touchdown drives. And like I said before, it wasn't like these big bang-bang plays like it was back in 2014 when Rodgers threw five or six touchdown passes in the first half and they were all huge plays and uh, and everything like that. And we were just getting gashed. It really was, like I said earlier, it was the death of a thousand cuts. They were pounding the ball down our throats. They were completing passes, getting first downs, and just flat out moving the chains and imposing their will on a defense that hadn't been allowing that pretty much all season. And, um, you know, I thought that was a far bigger story than Mitch being Mitch and doing Mitch things in the second quarter. I mean, that just seemed like, you know, if he wasn't going to be that changed man we were hoping for, that's who he was going to be. He was going to be the same guy that he was before he got benched, and that's what we got. Um, he was taking shots downfield that he shouldn't have been. Um, you know, that throw to uh, to Mooney, you know, I don't know what it is about, you know, I know we're talking about night and day as far as talent level and, and, and whatnot, but I don't know what it is that Aaron Rodgers does that where he can look off a safety and leave a guy wide open in the middle of the field, whereas Mitch, I guess, kind of looks at him in a way that begs the safety to either move in on the guy that he's targeting or uh, I don't know. But, um, you know, it just seems like whenever uh, Mitch wants to go deep down the field, uh, the safety doesn't bite on on the read fake uh, or whatever and is always there uh, to make the play or make some kind of play to defend the pass. Whereas, you know, Rodgers, um, it happened later in the game when that tight end Tanyan, who Rodgers loves, uh, somehow managed to look Eddie Jackson off so that he was wide open down the middle of a field on, on like a 30-yard touchdown, I think in the third quarter uh, or something like that. And, uh, you know, every time Mitch wanted to go long to, to Mooney down the middle of the field, DBs from all over were converging on the kid like they knew all along that's where the ball uh, was going. So, I mean, it just uh, – Mitch, like I said, Mitch doing mixed things – uh, like I guess I kept, kept saying to my buddy, you know, over the throughout the football game, Mitch is throwing into windows that don't exist. Uh, every time that Rogers throwing the football, you would find he was finding receivers wide open in, a, in the middle of the zone to be untouched. And, you know, until until several moments later or until they made a football move and they're running the ball down the field and. And whatnot, and uh, you know our guys are blanketed by by defenders when we try to throw them the football. I mean, Darnell Mooney, I think only caught three passes, but he was targeted nine times, and those six times that he didn't catch the ball, he was actually smothered by defenders and wouldn't have gone anywhere if he'd caught the ball anyway. So it just and and Mitch was throwing into windows like that all night long. He was constantly trying to squeeze the ball into some place it shouldn't have gone. He should have looked another way or, or something like that, and he wasn't doing that. So it was the, the Mitch, the Mitch of old. You know, go back to week one in the in the Lions game where you know Allen Robinson makes that unbelievable like circus catch in triple coverage when if he'd have just dumped it off to Jimmy Graham, who was running literally untouched through the middle of the field, about six yards from the line of scrimmage. I mean, he Jimmy Graham could still be running. That's how wide open he was 
on that play, but instead he has to go downfield to Allen Robinson and throw it into triple coverage where Allen Robinson has to make an improbable catch in order to make the, the play. Or he could have easily just dumped it over the middle to a ridiculously wide open Jimmy Graham uh, who, you know, for, for all the green grass that was in front of him probably could have easily run in uh, for a touchdown. Mitch was doing that all over again. He basically got lasered in on a guy. Maybe that's what it is that, you know, the safety's in there trying to read um, Rogers' eyes, and he sees Rogers looking at that guy. So I'm going to run to the guy on, on this side of the field. And then as soon as he makes me commit, boom, he throws it to the other guy who's open, and it's a big play or a touchdown. Whereas Mitch looks at a guy and locks in on that guy, so the DB knows exactly where to go if he want to make if he wants to make a play. And uh, we saw Mitch do that. It started in the second quarter. He did it throughout the third, uh, and in the fourth quarter, the Packers were playing garbage time prevent defense, just letting the Bears do whatever they wanted to run out the clock so they could get the fuck out of town. And uh, you know that's where the numbers got overinflated. That's where Mitch ended up winning the yardage battle over Rodgers. That's where he added two more touchdowns to his passing total. So he threw three touchdowns uh, in his return uh, to the starting lineup and and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, Rodgers threw for 211, but four touchdowns. So, I mean, that's – and zero interceptions, zero sacks on top of that. So, yeah, Rodgers won across the board no matter what. So uh, you can have your yardage victory, Mitch. I'll, I'll take the actual. Uh, victory so uh, you know and that and it's like like I said you you don't hear a lot of piss and vinegar in these knee-jerk reactions because a this is kind of what I was expecting you know I just kind of had this dread about this game for a reason and the reasons that I was most worried about came to fruition now granted it wasn't the absolute you know Armageddon that I was expecting like we saw in 2014 but it slowly built its way up to that. The Packers, you know, scored 21 points uh, in the uh, in the second quarter. Uh, before we added that touchdown, right before the half, it was 27 to three, with about six minutes to go in the second quarter. It's like, oh, here we go. This is this is what I was dreading this whole whole time, and you know, here it is. It's happening before my very eyes. And um, you know, the third quarter was more of the same. Uh, you know, as I mentioned before, we, we uh, you know, we're so awesome at, at cranking out points in the third quarter. Why wouldn't we be able to narrow the gap against Green Bay uh, in the second half, even with with us starting the, with the football? And you want to know what's funny is that at halftime, my buddy and I actually stepped out to go pick up the pizzas that we ordered uh, for the game. By the time we got back, we had already missed the opening drive of the third quarter. So I didn't even get to see what genius plays Nagy and Laser had put together for the offense to run. We just heard that when we're on our way back uh, to my buddy's place, Green Bay already had the ball again. So it's just like, oh, well, great. So (laughs) it must not have been much of anything. You know, I don't know if it was three and out or whatever it was, but all I know is that we missed. It was over so quick that we never knew the Bears had the ball to start the second half. So, But, um, you know, the third quarter was more of the same. 
They racked up a couple of more touchdowns. They extended their lead and and were were edging ever so close to that fifty-five to uh, fourteen or fifty-five to ten game that I thought we were going to have to sit through. Knee-jerk reaction: third quarter, Bears and Packers, and for the what tenth time in eleven games, uh, we don't score in the third quarter. Uh, I'm not counting Cordero's kickoff return because that wasn't our offense scoring points. But 11th game of the season, we've scored one touchdown in the entire third quarter. And uh, the two touchdowns on the board for this quarter belong to Green Bay, of course. So it was a 27-10 hole that we started the half in. Now it's 41-10. to 10. So we're slowly working our way up to that 55-10 to 10 score that I was afraid of coming into this thing uh, instead of you know Rodgers and company piling on the points early they're evenly dispersing the points throughout the uh, throughout the game so maybe they'll crack 50 in the uh, fourth quarter because our defense isn't going to stop them uh, they're doing whatever the hell they want out there um, yeah we're we're being out coached outplayed you know, we're, we're, we're walking ourselves into penalties. Uh, Mitch is has not changed, unfortunately. Uh, he is the Mitch of old. He's throwing uh, passes into triple coverage. He's forcing throws. You know, he, <laughs> he forced the throw into Darnell Mooney uh, when he had Allen Robinson wide open uh, in the middle of the field for a first down. I mean, it was third and 11, so I get that he was trying to make something happen. But uh, before he even started his throwing motion, there were three guys running towards Mooney when Allen Robinson was one-on-one across the middle. He throws it to Mooney. It gets picked off. Surprise, surprise. So that's been the tale of the tape. Uh, during this last Packer drive, they showed that, the, that Green Bay was, was closing in on 30 minutes time of possession, and the Bears only had 12. So that's it there as well. Green Bay had the ball, kept the ball. And then finished and put them on the end zone. And our offense has done nothing uh, on top of it. So 41 to 10. We'll go ahead and get this one over with. See how bad it is at the end of the next 15. And it was the third quarter where Tony Dungy, who was the color man uh, for the broadcast on Sunday night, started putting it out there that uh, he thought the defense was uh, or had quit uh, on, on on the game that basically Green Bay was doing whatever they wanted and the defense really wasn't putting in much effort to to stop it. You know, I, I, I don't know if this was the kind of the the mutiny that I had been, you know, comedically, uh, you know, uh, predicting uh, to happen that, you know, they go out there and they see Mitch uh, turning over the football at will uh, and, you know, just giving the ball back to Aaron Rodgers who, you know, face to face and straight up, is you know going to make things happen uh, against this defense why would we even fight it at this point you're just going to keep turning the goddamn football over here just score the points and let's get this over with uh kind of thing uh that time of possession thing you know it, it was like i said it, it was show 29 minutes and counting i think it was like 29 minutes and like 40 seconds and we had 12 something uh up to that point um, the final tally was even with the Bears having the football for most of the fourth quarter, 
still ended up 37 and change to 22 minutes and change in the time. of So the Packers had the football for an entire quarter longer than the Bears did. And, and I think that's what kind of made this, in a way, worse than that 55-14 to 14 loss uh, back in 2014. It's that, like I said, it was the Packers just gashed us. You know, every time Rodgers threw the football down the field, there was a wide-open receiver who could waltz in untouched uh, for a touchdown. So Rodgers damn near broke the scoreboard in the first quarter, in the first half, scoring points against us. In this game, he was dinking and dunking. They were running the football down our throats. I mean, the last touchdown that they scored in the third quarter was a 13-yard run where they just pounded it right up the middle. There was no, you know, no, uh, you know, finesse, no fakes, no nothing. It was man on a man, hand the ball off to the running back, and he just lowered his head, ran through some arm tackles. And I actually think that was the moment where Tony Dungy said they'd quit because uh, he ran in, th- ran through like two or three arm tackles from safeties and DBs uh, in the third level where he's like, this, just, this is just poor tackling. It looks like they just quit on the play, and that score made it 41-10. to 10. And why wouldn't you be quitting at that point? I mean, it's it's definitely over. Our offense isn't going to score five times in the time we have left in this game to to get us a victory. So, you know, why not just be like, fuck it, here, score. Just get, you know, just make it, just make sure there's no doubt so I don't really have to show any effort after this. So everybody knows it's like an unspoken thing. This football game is over so I can stop trying. You know, I'll I'll run my assignments and I'll go where I'm supposed to go, but that's probably all I'm going to do for the rest of this football game. And that's what Tony Dungy was seeing uh, out there, which led our beloved leader, Matt Nagy, to make this uh, speech to the press this morning uh, about, you know, how he told the team that he challenged the defense that you know what last night what happened was embarrassing we need to have some kind of sense of urgency uh we got five games left to do something with the rest of this season and while it's great that that finally happened you know and i know that was probably more of a speech as a message sent to maybe the mccaskies that you know i've reached my breaking point and i'm gonna demand more from the team and blah 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 He's about three weeks too late on making that speech. You know, this isn't a speech that we have when you're in the midst of a five-game losing streak. It's the speech that you give after you lose that Saints game in overtime that we should have won. That was the second game in this five-game losing streak. We, We just simply got our asses handed to us on Monday night against the Rams. That was just a bad night that was never going to be. We never had our shot in that one. It was going to be the Rams. The, you know, the referees were making all the calls against us and all that. It just wasn't our night fine. You know, we, we'd won two in a row at that point. We're five and one. We lose one game. Okay, we're five and two. But we lose that second game in overtime where the defense had a chance to end the game twice in overtime. And it was other penalties and other things that kept, uh, you know, New Orleans in the game up to that point or kept them in the lead to where we had to come and track them down at the end of it and whatnot we had our opportunities to win that game we let it get by that's when you make that speech 
We've lost two in a row. We were five and one. We were the number one seed in the NFC. Now we're not even in first place in our own fucking division. What the hell's going on with you guys? Step it up. We got a big game against Tennessee next week. We need to show up and make some plays and win some fucking football games here. I mean, who wants to go to the playoffs this year? You know, that's the speech you make then. You don't make it when you've lost your fifth game in a row after two consecutive embarrassing performances on national television, the second of which you had two weeks to get ready for. That's not when you make that speech. That is a too little, too late speech, in my opinion. Now, we don't know behind closed doors. Maybe Nagy did make that speech after the New Orleans game, and he just made it public uh, that he chewed the team's ass out after Sunday night's performance. Maybe that's true. We'll never know. But as far as public scrutiny and, and public consumption is concerned, Matt Nagy's about three weeks late on making that speech. You know, because I talked about it in the preview episodes. I talked about it in our conversation with, with Evan Western uh, last week. The thing that really worries me about this losing streak is that we don't get a sense that there is a sense of urgency here that there is any kind of desperation that the Bears are willing to do anything to win a football game to, to stop the bleeding. And we didn't see it again yesterday against Green Bay. There wasn't anything that we weren't trying to do that we hadn't done a million times before. And it just wasn't good enough again against Green Bay or anybody for that matter. And, and we lost. And now Nagy wants to pretend like the, what we've been doing for the last five weeks isn't up to his standard. After we went 0 for November, we didn't win a fucking game in November. We lost our last game in October, and we went 0 for, for November uh, this year. Last year we went 0 for October. This year we go 0 for November. And we were a 5-1 and one team to now we're a losing team at 5-6. and six. And granted, our schedule eases up as far as the records of the teams that we're playing. We got Detroit next week. We got Houston the week after that. And then we got Minnesota again. Who's lost two straight after kicking our ass on Monday Night Football? By, oh, and actually they won yesterday. Last second. Uh, guy missed a field goal at the last second. They should have lost the game yesterday, but they ended up winning. But they got their asses kicked by the two-win Cowboys uh, in their their answer to beating us in Chicago was that they went home and lost to the Cowboys. Give me a fucking break. Are you kidding me? You know, how bad does that loss look now? The Cowboys couldn't beat me and 10 of my closest friends in a fucking football game. They went out there and they beat Minnesota in Minnesota after they just beat us on Monday Night Football in a stadium where they never win a fucking game. Come on, man. You know, now you're going to be making these speeches. Give me a fucking break. It's you're way too late on this shit. You're way too late, way too late. You know, at, at least three weeks too late on this conversation about having us step up and get our shit together and stop with the penalties and let's stop killing ourselves and start killing our opponents. Way too late on that. Way too late. So, yeah. Then we get to the fourth quarter. And we try to put we put some garbage time touchdowns together, so the final score isn't quite as embarrassing as the entire game itself was as a whole, uh, to make the final score look more respectable. But we all know what happened. We all know how it happened, and that uh, you know basically all we did in the fourth quarter was enhance some fantasy football players, uh, you know, point total. You know, Allen Robinson put another touchdown. Uh, you know, David Montgomery broke the century mark in the rushing game and scored a pass touchdown uh, as well. Aside from that, the Bears didn't do a fucking thing to help themselves 
uh, in the fourth quarter because anyone who watched that game knows that 41 to 25 wasn't the real score uh, of the game. Knee-jerk reaction, fourth quarter, Bears and Packers, and the Packers are kneeling it out right now. Uh, We actually shut them out in the fourth quarter. So 41 is all that Green Bay could muster against our defense. And uh, the Bears managed to put a couple of touchdowns on the board when, uh, you know, the uh, coverage was lax and what have you. Um, We put a more, uh uh-oh, pushing and shoving. Anyway, (laughs) some meaningless pushing and shoving from the Bears and Packers on the last kneel down. But, uh, you know, it was a mess. It started out okay, you know, 6-3 to three at the end of the first quarter. The second quarter is where it came apart, the seams. The third quarter, the hole got dug even deeper. And, you know, the fourth quarter, we made it look like a closer football game than it was. That's the 2020 Bears in a nutshell for you right there. So we waited 13 days to get our asses kicked on national television, just like I feared. Um, you know, a la Tressman in 2014, wasn't quite that bad. They scored 42 at halftime in that game. But, um, you know, it was a shellacking. It was no contest between these two teams. The Packers moved to 8-3. and three. The Bears lose their fifth straight to fall to 5-6. and six. Uh, We get a chance to uh, get a win next week at home against the, uh, the reeling uh, Detroit Lions who just reshuffled their organization, fired Matt Patricia, so Nagy doesn't get a chance to stay undefeated against him. He's going to have to do it against Daryl Bevel and whatever they put together for us uh, next Sunday. So this one's over. I'm glad we're past it so we don't have to dread it anymore. Now we get to move on to some games that we might actually have a shot at winning uh, with Detroit and Houston coming up, and then we'll see what happens from there. The Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair. To take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Support for the Bearstock Underground also comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision, precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. And I'm talking, of course, about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as using on your balls. That's just nasty. 
The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put this deodorant on your armpits, so why aren't you putting it on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls do stink. Speaking of sweaty, stinky balls, I am thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keep your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And... <laughs> Boy, they really paint a really great picture of what's going on down there, don't they? And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day long. It's time to upgrade those uh, overused pair of boxers in Manscaped high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Tis the season to Manscaped to get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends, the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Your balls will thank you. And with that, let's get back to the show. <laughs> so that's it, guys. You know that was the uh, that was the football game. The fourth quarter was just an an exercise in in completing the football game. Is all it was. It didn't have any uh, you know uh, effect on the outcome uh, of the game. It didn't change anyone's opinion of what actually took place. Nobody that it was a Bear fan sat and watched the fourth quarter and felt better about our offense after two garbage time touchdowns made the final score a bit more. Uh, respectable. We didn't learn a fucking thing in the fourth quarter watching us run the offense. That I mean, because I Foles probably could have done the same thing as far as just sitting back there while the while the Packers sit back and prevent, keep everything in front of them, keep us on the field to keep the clock running so we can run the clock out and and get the game uh, over with. If they score, fine. We're up by 31 when the quarter started, so we can give up a couple of uh, touchdowns. So. Uh, you know, basically it just kind of sells the illusion that the Bears actually made an effort uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think we maybe, uh, you know, the only thing that we actually did was um, hang on to our, our stranglehold of most points scored uh, in the fourth quarter uh, other than anything else that we, you know, like the one good thing we've done is we lead the league in scoring fourth quarter points. Um, most out of necessity, a lot of it from garbage time. But in the end, the 15 points we scored in the fourth quarter were as meaningless as the 10 that we scored prior uh, to that. And, um, you know, like I said at the end, it's finally over with. We don't have to worry or dread about what's coming next because our next four football games we're probably going to be favored in, I would think. You know, I, I would think that we're going to be favored against Detroit easily. Um, maybe against Houston? I'm not sure. Um you know, Minnesota just that might be the one game we're not favored in. I would find it very hard to believe that we wouldn't be favored uh, to beat Jacksonville uh, before we'll be definitely favored to lose against Green Bay uh, week 17. But these next four games, we have a chance to do something with our season, you know, if that is the Bears intention. So we'll see what happens. I know what some Bear fans want us to do. I'm not in that boat. I want to watch my team win. Or at the very least, I want to watch my team try. I don't want to sit there and watch them tank so that we can have this draft position because everybody, listen to me. Listen to me. 
I want everyone to let go of the idea of us drafting a quarterback next year. Let it go. Okay? Because I don't want to, and I've said this before, I don't want us making the same mistake we made in 2017. Okay? Where we draft a quarterback and then try to build the football team around him. No. Let's put the team together first. Let's get a solid offensive line together before we start worrying about who's going to be throwing our passes and handing off the uh, football, okay? We need to go back to the basics that made the Bears successful during the lovey years. We have the defense. That window is closing, so we need to do this quickly. We don't have time for rebuilding. You know, Khalil Mack's going to be 30 years old next year. We can't be doing this. You know, with an extended, you know, long-term plan uh, or whatever. You know, it just it can't happen. So, forget about Zach Wilson and Justin Fields and you know uh, Mac, whatever Mac Jones from uh, from Alabama, whatever. Let it go. Let it go. Okay, we are not a quarterback-driven football team even though this is a quarterback driven league we just need someone who's going to be a game manager and not lose us football games I know that we all want to go out and get the Mahomes and Watson that we missed on 2017 I know we all want to go out and get that quarterback that's going to win football games for us but we've had more success over the years with a quarterback who won't lose the football game than we have with quarterbacks who are out there trying to win it okay that's what we need Run the football, get manage the football game, don't make mistakes, don't turn the football over, play solid defense and special teams. That's the Chicago Bear formula. Okay, trying to keep up with the Joneses, or in this case, the you know, the Rogers, the Mahomes, and the Watsons and Zizes out there. That's not what we should be trying to do in Chicago. The Bears should be trying to be the Bears, not trying to be everybody else. Okay? Plain and simple. So I I want everyone. I, I know we all want a quarterback, guys. There's, there, you know, there's no denying that. But for me, it's, it's going to have to be somebody that we stumble upon, as opposed to somebody that we draft, uh, you know, top it, you know, in the class or any of that bullshit. Forget about it. Just forget it. We're not that team. We are not that franchise. We just aren't. Okay, we're not. And and it just we need to build up the team around the quarterback and then throw the quarterback in. Uh, from there you know we need to have an established team for the quarterback to join as opposed to trying to build the team up around the quarterback the Bears aren't capable of it not with the structure that we have in place now if we get rid of you know Ted Phillips and we absolutely restructure from the top down then then maybe maybe we can change philosophies and ideas but with the same dickheads running the organization from the top down we're gonna have to keep doing what we've been doing or what has worked for us in the past is to be the running game, do the defense, you know, killer special teams, game manager that will help us, that won't lose the football game for us, as opposed to trying to go out and find a quarterback that will win games for us. That's not who we are uh, as the Chicago Bears. That's just not us. So, uh, you know, I know it's not going to stop because we're going to be reading shit on Twitter about, oh, Zach Wilson did this or Justin Fields did that, Mac Jones, blah, 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 Trask from Florida, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm so disinterested in those guys because they'll come to Chicago and they'll suck a fat one and we'll ruin them. That's, that's it. And then they'll go someplace else to a team better suited for them and, and kick ass and, and make us look like retards again. So, you know, just let go of the idea of the Bears drafting a quarterback. Let it go. Let it go. 
Okay, let's build up the football team. Let's find us a game manager that won't lose us football games, you know, and and make a play for us every now and then, as opposed to trying to find a guy that's going to break the scoreboard and set passing records. We need to let that go. That's not who we are. So uh, we we restructure the organization uh, from top to bottom. Then maybe we can have a conversation uh, about the possibilities. But with the same people running the organization or running it into the ground uh, as they have for the last 20-plus years, uh, nothing is going to change. So we should go back to what worked for us during the lovey years and try to find us a, a good running back, build the offensive line, solidify our defense, uh, you know, t- you know, get, get it done on special teams and, you know, see if we can't sneak our way into the playoffs to compete with some with the, with the teams and, and, you know, win some games and stuff. But if – we're going to try to be that team that's averaging 40 points a game and you know our quarterback throws for 5,000 yards a season. We're barking up the wrong tree. It's just not going to happen uh, for the Chicago Bears. So we should try to you know we should try to be the Bears and you know and, and be the Bears as opposed to trying to be the, the next chiefs or, or anything like that. So that's just not who we are. All right, so anyway, like I said, the Bears fall to five and six. We move along to more manageable games from here on out. We got Detroit next week. Our good friend Jeremy Reisman will be joining us uh, once again uh, on Thursday to discuss this very interesting battle uh, between the Bears and the Lions. If Patricia was still the head coach, I think the conversation would be more about avenging week one. But I think now with you know Daryl Bevel taking over as interim coach and them not having a general manager for the last five weeks of the season – um, you know, what What can we expect uh, from the from the Lions and what will he expect as a fan uh, of the team uh, to see from from his uh, from his Lions and and uh, uh, and whatnot? So who knows? Could be an interesting talk with uh, Jeremy. Be sure not to miss it on Thursday and then we'll have the deep dive on Friday to get you ready uh, for Sunday's game. So come back uh, on Thursday for the preview episode as we start week number 13 preparations between the Bears and the Lions as we move on, close the book on the first matchup with Green Bay, and get ready uh, for Detroit. So come on back on Thursday for myself and Jeremy Reisman. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. 
Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.